<laughs> Happy Mother's Day, TJ. Happy Mother's Day to you as well, Chris. I hope you celebrated the right way. What is the right way? Uh, spending time with your wonderful mother in my favorite place, Orange County. <laughs> uh, I did do all of that. I had a social distance hang in the park. It was very nice. Damn, did mom show up with the Chrome Hearts mask or did she go with a different <laughs> flavor? She, um, I actually forgot my mask and I had a Bon Appetit tote bag tied around my face. And then <laughs> she actually uh, had, uh, she actually had a, a Heather Gray um, cotton mask that she let me have. And it looked like I was wearing an American Apparel thong on my face. That seems like something you might have done at, at Cinespace circa 2007, but I don't <laughs> think does. now is the time, Jason. I know, and looking back, it was rough, but, and also, being in Orange County, I was the only person wearing a mask. Wearing a mask at all, I was about to say. Dude, it so was, it was you, fucked. Is it actually fucked? I would say one in every hundred people is wearing a mask in, in Huntington Beach. That's so because I talked to my mom today, who's in Atlanta, who's getting destroyed for you know opening up early, and my mom is like, "Nah, it's pretty serious in the city. Like everybody we know and and most people we see at the grocery store are wearing masks and gloves and like doing what they're supposed to do." Well, you know they're in a real city, and in Huntington Beach, that's is, true. Is just you know it's 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 like a hillbilly country with some waves, you know. It's true. Well, how's mom? She good? Yeah, she's good. She's she's holding strong. Um, made her a nice focaccia with uh, with a heart shaped rosemary artwork on it. You snapped on that shit, dog. That's some real bacon shit. Real bacon shit. You know, I've seen a lot of these these focaccias on the gram where people make these bouquets of flowers out of out of shit, and it looks all pretty. And then they put it in the oven, and it looks just like a. You know, gotcha. just a burnt piece of <laughs> bread with like some wilted flowers on it, and I wanted to avoid that, so I stuck with with rosemary as my medium. You're smart, TJ. I like that about you. Thank, thank you. I also got a uh, a very uh, interesting DM right before I started from a Instagram person named Claire, uh, whose Instagram bio is uh, no the phrase "no flex zone." Uh, I like her already. Yeah, and the A in Claire is a pizza emoji, not an A. And she said, do you have a lozenge or something in your mouth when you're on How Long Gone? It's not, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not obvious, but I can tell something is in there at times, and it's been nagging me. Don't worry. So she's... <laughs> it doesn't sound gross. I'm just curious. Love it. But love the pod, by the way. Love the pod. Can you pull that dick out of your mouth while you're talking to your man? Is basically what she's saying. That's what I heard. It's fucked up. I mean, that is a that's a pretty good shot from somebody with a pizza emoji in their fucking bio. That's fire. Claire is definitely listening to this right now. Um, Claire, Claire, Claire pulled out the AK on TJ. Fucking no happy Mother's Day on this side. Keep shooting till somebody die. And is it broad is in broad day too. I mean, just no. <laughs> 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 she let she let Chiquita speak on me on today's Mother's Day, and I, she let it she let it spray. And now I have a complex 
I have a complex con about my fucking uh, how I be talk really be talking though. Well, stop. We'll stop eating bananas while you were on this podcast. We would have this problem. Wash mouth. I have never recorded a podcast with a lozenge in my mouth. Maybe, and maybe I don't know. Now I'm now I'm in my head about it. Don't get hey, bro. It's okay. You're a professional. We can move past this. Like you're gonna be okay. But I understand that that kind of feedback. That kind of feedback can be, you know, for lack of a better term, jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they tell you not to read the comments, and I don't. But then sometimes they just spring up on you like that. It's fine, though, Claire. Thanks. Yeah, Claire. Thank you for supporting the show. I mean, all feedback is welcome except that, but we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> How has uh, do they have Mother's Day in Canada? Uh, it's a different day, I think. Is it? Oh no, no, no. Maybe it's the same. In Britain, it's a different day, though. I don't even know. I like that you don't know, though. Bro, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I called my mom. We said, you know, we we chopped it up. You know what I'm saying? You politic got to you, build. You politicked with mom. I politicked with Linda, and then um, checked on my sister and her babies. Everybody's good. They're wearing masks. They're fucking outside. It's 75 degrees. Living the dream. Amazing. I know. Must be nice. Um, you know, the big development for me is I, I've gained access to a 35 pound kettlebell. How did you do this? So it is truly over for you, hoes. Um, I, <laughs> uh, my friend and and known listener of the podcast, Adam Ray, uh, he mm-hmm. has a he had two, and also he has an apartment that he that he uh, basically like sublets, and the, and the subletters out of town. So it's basically like a private gym with a single kettlebell. Um, mm. so it's pretty sick. So I did your, I did your 40 minute kettlebell workout and my fucking, like my elbow, like the inside of my elbow, like where my, where, where my arm connects, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the, sore uh, as that, a motherfucker. Like, the, the, like a in, in inner arm, forearm tendon type yeah. of thing. It is. My shit is burning, bro. <sighs> Damn. He leaking. He leaking, but I did. I hadn't lifted a weight in two months. Well, out of I'd um, use bands. I'd use bands, but it ain't, it ain't hit the same. Yeah, bands uh, don't hit the same as a as a Turkish getup. I will say. No, they won't. But I mean, I actually have always I always kind of thought kettlebells were a little bit Joe Rogany and lame. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I even after one workout, I totally understand now a little better about about how uh, far reaching they are as far as a full body workout. Yeah, I think if you really do them the right way and have proper form, you can you can get a gnarly burn going on, man. I got I was dripping with sweat and like in pain, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. So now my my core routine is changing. Now it's the three days of running, and we're going to hit the kettlebells. The other three, you know what I'm saying? Um, this is great news for me. It's about to get litty, boy. It's about to be because because the the running shit. I mean, I'm excelling. So from mm-hmm. what I feel, I, f- I feel like my coach is telling me, Ben Rayner, my coach, mm-hmm. is very encouraging. He's telling me what to do. So I feel like if I can advance that far with the kettlebell, uh, I'll, I will finally be unstoppable. You're going to be unstoppable this season. This season, exactly, exactly. S-Z-N. CB season is upon us. Well, I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. It's been a long journey because I'm still looking at kettlebells of my own, and they're they're still impossible to find. It's kind of insane. I know. I think you know the uh, the market will adjust eventually. It'll cor- it'll correct itself. This, I mean, I wish we I, w- I wish we had a way to make them. We should just get a concrete pour and make our own. 
it just it ain't, it ain't worth it. It's not the same. You know, you're, no, it's definitely. Not. It, it definitely this is basically your this is your Bitcoin crash, the great kettlebell. Ex- exactly, exactly. Shortage of twenty twenty. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people, and this is something I'm going to attempt. Maybe if I change locations, are like gyms and stuff are renting equipment to people. Um, oh, really? Which is sm- yeah, like a, a gym I've actually gone to in LA and somehow I was on their mailing list, like a private gym emailed me and they were renting everything. Like, like this shit's just sitting here. If you guys want a Theragun or a kettlebell or a fucking bench, like we got it, you know? And, um, great idea. There's a Legree studio here that's renting reformers. Like, you can take the reformer home and put it in your fucking house. Ooh. It's really smart because, like, I would eat, I would definitely pay. Like not whatever, but I would pay a substantial amount of money to rent real gear and have it because it's just like it's mm-hmm. it's it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people get the Peloton. You can just rent the whole, you know, a true a true real so set. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Montreal, Canada, and you have access to to dumbbells or other equipment, and you want to break off CB, just holler at me. CB needs some some forty five plates real bad. CV needs to, I mean, you don't even know, bro. I mean, if I had a full bench set up, oh my God, shirts wouldn't fit. You know what I mean? <laughs> the shelf, the shelf would be on 1000. Well, I'm glad that you're back on track to begin piecing your waif-like figure back into something resembling that of a man. Well, I, let's not go that far, but yes, thank you. I Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, for understanding the struggle I've been going through because while people have been dying, um, I've been really worried about my muscle retention. So it's, you've been, I, I don't you've been, really, you've been dying to get buff. Exactly. I don't really see any differences there, but some people might. So, you know, mm-hmm. oh, and you know, well, we have a guest today. Yes. Uh, the, the writer, uh, Natasha Stagg, who's having a real wave right now. Um, she wrote a novel um, a few years ago that was that was uh, well received, but her new book, Sleeveless Fashion Image Media, New York 2011 through 2019, uh, an essay collection, is really out here popping. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know any good looking people, they probably have that book on their shelf. Um, <laughs> if you know people that live in a cool metropolitan area, they probably have that book on their shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It's just it's one of those books, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I'm I'm excited to talk to her because we're just on a we we've you know after having Lawrence on we've course corrected and we're back on our our um, media elite kind of style. Back to um, having some intelligent literary darlings on the show. Exactly, which I know feels weird for you, but for me that's obviously where I comfortably sit. Yeah, um, yeah, me no like read and stuff like that. So <laughs> hopefully she will be able to talk about like. You know Netflix and stuff as well, because that's something well, I do, that I have checked out. I know you've checked out Netflix. I've heard about Hulu from you too, so we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> uh, but let me let me bang her line. What's up? How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, living the dream. Um, <laughs> you know, another day in paradise. Uh, are Should you? Should I be in- able to see you? Because no, I- you can turn off the camera if you want. Okay, um, cool. I wasn't let- sure if that was like how you did it. Unless you want to present, you know. <laughs> a PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was hoping you were going to screen share on this podcast. <laughs> uh, what's up? Are you in New York? Yeah, I have am. You, have you been in New York the whole time? Yeah. We need a scene report. Hi, um, hi, hi. I'm Jason, by the way. Hi. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Nice, nice to meet both of you. Yes. Yeah, same. you as well. Thanks for doing this. 
Oh, thanks for having me. Um, how many podcasts are you doing a week nowadays? <laughs> Zero. Zero? Have you, you ever done a podcast ever? I have been on podcasts, but they were like friends. Mm, so they weren't like a real one? Well, I mean, I was on Red Scare. That Ooh. seems like a real one. Wow, don't flex on us. Don't flex on us. <laughs> like you don't you didn't have to you didn't have to go that hard. Uh did you do that when you were on a book tour though, or was that just a friend of friends situation? Uh no, it was like a book thing. I mean I I've met them before, but we weren't super close or anything. It was like to promote my book, I guess. And I didn't go on a book tour. I've never done that. Do those still happen though in the way that we use the term? I don't know if yeah. They definitely do, but they sound miserable. It's like bookstores and, you know, middle American bookstores don't sound like a place where a lot of people <laughs> Your readers are. I would yeah, to- it just doesn't sound like it would like get a lot more sales or anything. I would love to see the crowd for you in Wichita at the Barnes and Noble. I think, right. that, would be, I think that would be really eye opening for everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know because I I feel like that that stuff only matters for a very certain kind of writer. You, you know what I mean? I don't think uh-huh. that it costs a lot of money and time and doesn't really do much unless you're like at a certain level. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you do so? What did you do? Just regular press and like a reading in New York and LA. Yeah, exactly. I did one in New York, one in LA, and one in Paris because I happened to be there were they for work. In, were they in bookstores or were they in like separate? Uh, they were, well, the one in LA was in a library and the one here was in a gallery and the one in Paris was in a bookstore. We love non-traditional event spaces, you know, just really keeping people on their toes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I haven't been to, did you, does that stuff, do you have fun with that or is it just like part of the job? I have fun. I mean, I, all of it feels very like I'm just taking it as it comes. It doesn't seem like something that I'll end up doing forever, even though, you know, I've published two books, it still feels strange to have that be like the thing that I'm doing as a job, you know? Sure. Mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I get that though. Cause it's because, because at one point it seemed unachievable or because it just isn't, you're just not getting used to it no matter what happens. I, well, it definitely felt unachievable at some point for sure, but it also just doesn't, it's not like the type of job that's consistent no matter who you are. And like a lot of writers write maybe a book a year, but I don't know if that's even like good for them, you know, career wise. I don't, I don't either. Cause that's like putting out records too. It's like the same kind of thing. It's like, what is the the right cadence? And I think it just fully depends on, you know, what you're capable of and who your market is. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't, I think a lot of people want their, musicians to put out a record a year but i don't know if a lot of people want their favorite authors to put out a book a year i think part of that might be because we expect our favorite authors to like take longer (laughs) like we want them to think about it more well we want them to think about it more and we want to be able to read the books and like have a little bit of time in between to look forward to the next one maybe i mean i don't even have any writers in mind when i'm saying this because it's like i don't know who yeah, I, I'm I just like keep looking thinking forward of, uh, to their next book. I'm, I just keep thinking of like the the cadence that Louis C.K. has, where he releases an hour of new comedy every year, and every other comedian has no idea how he's able to do that. 
So some, I think some like, people, some people can like just do it. Like how he's able to do it because it's so good or? Uh, I think it's because it's so hard to do it and he's able to do it at a level that people consider, you know, high. Where, yeah. Whereas most people are like, oh, you know, if you, you could put out a book a year or a special a year or whatever a year, but it, it will probably suffer because you didn't put enough time into it. Some people can just shit them out. Yeah. I mean, I think that comedy too is so topical that that seems almost more doable to me. Like it's, it's like there's, I mean, he used to put out a TV show every yeah. season or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he also does like have this, he, he definitely hated the, um, the schedule of it. Like he was vocal about that. About the television show. Yeah. About any television show or any expectation at all. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I didn't realize how much I had in common with Louis CK. I guess I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that too. I hate when people expect me to do things when I'm supposed to do them. Well, I, I hate, I hate that, but I also hate when other people follow those rules. Cause I'm like, if you were not ready to do something, you don't have to do it. Like nobody okay. wants that from you. But no one's, I mean, I think with right. Do you, do you feel pressure from anyone? Does like a publisher an agent feel like, is it like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Not for me. I think a lot of writers do feel that, but I don't have an agent and my publisher is the most chill publisher in the world. Did you do both books without an agent? Yeah. Is, is that just by choice because you don't need it or don't feel like you need it? Or, do, or is that like, uh, like I, I'm just surprised, I guess. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I Chris is I an guess. agent queen, though, so... I, I am an agent <laughs> queen. I, I love agents and managers and lawyers. That's really my shit. <laughs> I like the idea of it, actually, but I don't have an agent or a manager or a lawyer. I don't even have an accountant. I definitely should. Yeah, we should we should talk about this a little bit. I have some I have some I have some general advice for you. I don't know if okay. you're taking I don't know if you're open to it or not. I'm open. Yeah. <laughs> Chris uh, wants to be your manager at this point. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- so we had you in this pocket. No, I just think that like, <laughs> No, honestly some of that stuff is more important than others and I think it's like a comfort level thing, but I do think that like a lawyer is the most valuable of those people in my experience. Wow, really? What do you mean by just, those people, Chris? Uh, I mean by <laughs> by the blood sucking side of the entertainment business. You Got know what it. I mean? Those okay. dirty Hollywood types. Oh jeez. Um, <laughs> no, but I just think that like a lawyer is. I mean, that's to me a manager and an agent are, are interesting jobs, and they're important to make the whole like you know uh, world operate and you know keep oil in the machine. But I think that a lawyer is more of a specialized skill that like mm-hmm. you can't really fake that. You know what I mean? Like I could mm-hmm. negotiate something in my for for myself like from a manager and agent standpoint but if somebody sends me a hundred you know a hundred page document and tells me to review it and and redline it send it back i can't do that right that's the only you know that's that's it i don't even know what a redline is but i I don't either i don't a redline is when you just kidding you mark up a contract and then send it back for the for other counsel to review See, I don't, it's like, what would I have that needed that much attention? Well, we don't, I don't know yet. If they're like, we'll give you, we'll give you 10% of, of sales after we pay it back. And then you would cross that out with a red line and write in 80%. And then they would come back (laughs) and be like, "Mm, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But it does cost money. I mean, but I guess if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're negotiating with your, publisher who you're friendly with and that makes things more complicated i guess well yeah my publisher doesn't even work with agents 
you're saying like that is a known like he that's a that's a hill he's on like i'm not i don't do that um right yeah wow it's a, well it's a group it's semiotexts are like a, a very small publisher but I've been a fan of them forever. So yeah. to me, they're very big, you know, but they're technically a small group of people and they just, yeah, they do things differently. No did yeah. you, did you approach them originally with the novel or, or did they approach you? I approached them. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's nice then. At least it, it went off without a hitch. Yeah. Everything. I mean, if, if I had not gotten in touch with them and they, you know, chose to work with me, then I probably would have gotten an agent or I would have given up. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> all, right, <laughs> all right. Look, there's two ways this is going to go. I'm either going to give up. You guys, let's flip a fucking coin. Well, if you, if you would have given up, what, uh, what is your, your backup career plan? Um, well, I was at the time working at a magazine, so maybe I would have kept doing that. I think something about publishing a book made me more confident and I just, I quit my job pretty soon after that. And then I started doing like creative consulting or whatever, <laughs> you know, like all this. Wow. You don't have to say it or whatever. <laughs> we, luckily, both of your, your friendly co-hosts here traffic in that same kind I of world. I know, but so, that's why you know it doesn't really like mean a lot. It's like whatever you want it to be, right? That's right. It really, I mean... Depends on how good you are at lying to yourself and how <laughs> smart <yeah>. or stupid <laughs> you are. Yeah. Well, it depends on the audience, too. Like, I think that after... I'm 37 years old, and I, I would say it took until I was 35, 36 to really be able to like explain what I do to someone who has no idea what it is. Maybe you know what I mean? by the time I'm 36, which will be like later this year, I'll <laughs> be able to explain okay. it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're months away from having your life figured out. Just, yeah. just wait. It's right around the corner. This quarantine is really a, not a roadblock for well, you. Well, I, I think, I think it's not because of it being like a hard thing to explain. I just think that the world had to catch up and create the language to explain what it actually is. Because before, it, I would just kind of tell myself, like, I guess I just get paid to tell people what is cool and what is not cool. And in my mind, that sounds like the best job you could ever have. Because you don't really right. have to do shit in terms of like actual labor. Right. Other well, than like paying attention to what's going on in the world. But it's different than like trend forecasting because that yeah. used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. That still is. That still is a thing, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, because yeah, I think it's definitely still a thing. But I, I, like people would assume that that's what you did if you oh, used to I see. say, I see. right? I mean, yeah, those yeah, for sure. Roles like they're to me very different, but probably not to most people. They are, yeah, they're definitely different, but I think it, like, for whatever reason, trend forecasting is a term that, like, my mom might understand. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Like, if, if mm-hmm. she was having a good day. I know what trends yeah. are. I know what the <laughs> forecast is. We got this. Yeah, put them together, Chris. I know what you're doing, but my, my parents didn't understand for a long time. And I think still, my dad's my accountant. I still don't think he fully, like, has a grasp really? on Really? No, I think he's more just annoyed that income comes from so many different places and that makes his job harder. Yeah. It is annoying though. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is, it's annoying for me too, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've just never, I don't, um, but do you think that it's easier to call, I mean, at this point it's probably easier to call yourself an author or a writer because that's such a known thing, right? Yeah. I still don't do it really. I usually, I say I'm a copywriter cause that's kind of what I end up doing most. Yeah. So and that's just easier to say. 
Yeah, that, no, I agree. And I think that's a, that's similar to, cause if, cause if you tell somebody you're a copywriter, they know what it means. If you tell them you're an author and you tell them the title of your book and they don't know it, it doesn't hit the same. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, better luck next time. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 I didn't mean it. I'm a copywriter. I'm a copywriter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you, well, is the copywriting, cause I do some of that myself. Do you find that like exercising a different muscle or is it just like, I do this to pay the bills and it's fine. It's definitely exercising a different muscle. I mean, I find it way more difficult than writing for fun or whatever, like creative writing. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's trying to get into the head of some company or brand. So I find it's it very different. I find it pretty difficult to be honest, but I think I it, too. it's a, it's a, I think that if you work with someone long enough, I think it becomes much easier. Like it really, that really makes a difference. Um, I know a yeah. lot of people that do stuff like one off and I just, I don't, I mean, I could do it of course, but I think it'd be really laborious for me. Yeah. The one off projects are so much more difficult. And then people don't understand that your hours are going to be way longer than you know, yeah, like then if you had been working with that person for a while. Yeah. Once you get in the so groove. Much research. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get in the groove, it's like, all right, I kind of know what this is and, and in my head. I can operate that way. But yeah, for, for off the rip, it's tough. It really yeah. is. Yeah. But I mean, that's why when, when it hits, it hits. I mean, some, there's some shit that we all can remember. that's just like legendary because someone did that work the right way, you know? And I think that's why copywriting is still a pretty well-paid job. I wonder, I was just talking with a friend about this because, you know, it's not as well paid as some. It depends on what company you're writing for, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. But it's, it's also just this, it's so difficult to actually stand up for yourself as a copywriter because there's this parallel career path that seems similar. Like what you're saying is like, there are journalists and there are copywriters and there are authors, but they're all kind of doing the same thing to yeah. like the lay person. And so you're like, well, a dollar a word, you know, is kind of like a standard for so many outlets. Mm -hmm. And so then like if a company hires you to copyright and offers you a dollar a word, like, I'm you're sure, like, nah, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hell no. But also like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, yeah, so it's like course, really no, hard to actually get anybody to understand that that's not okay. And it's become this kind of, I don't know, my friend who, who also copyrights was just complaining about it to me. Well, I think all businesses are fucked up from like millennials doing things for free. Exactly. I mean, like they, they, fuck, they fucked up the whole game. We fucked ourselves up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess if we are millennials by definition. <laughs> Like young people, because I didn't. Jason, did you intern and do shit like that? You didn't, right? Um, I did intern, but never. I mean, never like anything in the copywriting type of world. I would say. I just think. Where did you intern? I interned at KCRW, which is like the NPR radio station here in LA. Oh, cool. Um, which I was just telling my girlfriend that I I did that yesterday, and she's like, "Oh, that's kind of hot that you interned at this." <laughs> at an NPR station and I was like do you want to know what I did and she's like yeah and I'm like when the when the DJ would play a song I would write it down on a piece of paper and hold it up against the glass window and then somebody would write it down and then that's it it's <laughs> <laughs> really hot yeah I didn't I just I just never interned because I didn't get into this stuff until I was like too old for that but like 
that that also writing, I don't know if interning is in your personality type, Chris. I don't think so either, but I do think you would it's have like, just sold drugs. That's true. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> at, at but the I age do but I, that people do that. But I think it's valuable, like in some ways. Like I don't understand not work like working and not getting paid. That's really hard for me to compute in my mind. But when you're like twenty, you don't really deserve to get paid sometimes, you know. Yeah, I mean right. it's you know, I've I've seen a lot of situations where an intern, you know, came in with a great attitude, did an amazing job and was hired within like three months or something like that. All it all it takes is just, hey, I'm 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 hungrier and thirstier than all you guys. And, and can afford to work for and nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're speaking specifically about New York media internships, <laughs> which are yeah. classically, I mean, it's like working at Vogue. It's the greatest. You can just go down the masthead and recognize the last names. It's the best. Yeah. But you can tell right. when, like, the intern is like, I'm taking two buses to get here and, like, I'm eating top ramen. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Those are the people that, you know, when the job comes around, they're the first person to get offered. Did you, in- did you intern, Natasha? No, I couldn't afford to intern. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, I, mean, now, I was now. working through college. Like, I worked in high school. I didn't, I never didn't have a job because there was, there were jobs to be had, you know? I, I've always had a job too, but I think we're all three that age where we've kind of always had a job. What kind of I, jobs are yeah. you having in high school, dog? <laughs> Did me, yeah, I, I worked at a nursing home. I worked Ooh. as a secretary's assistant in an office. Um, nursing home was, sounds rough. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Because, <laughs> like, what, like, what was the vibe? Like, why, why? Was, <laughs> what was the vibe? <laughs> I just mean, like, I mean, like, what, what compelled you to do that? The was vibe was death. Death. Um, I know the vibe wasn't good. I guess, but no. you know, it was. Well, I worked in a nursing home that was really close to where I lived. And I think it was probably just that it was like proximity. Like I could walk there. I didn't have a car. So I just, I was like 16 or 15 and I'd walk to this nursing home and was like a, a hostess. So I would just give people their trays of food during lunch. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. Uh, okay. Well, I worked at a dry cleaners where I was able to skateboard outside with my friends most of the time and steal money. Um, That's cool. Which is a little more upbeat. I feel like there were no house. real perks to my job. I, I was gonna, I was looking for the perks. I didn't see any. So I was gonna. I'm, I'm glad that you offered that up. Uh, <laughs> where are you from? Are you from? You're not from New York, are you? No, I'm. I grew up half in Tucson, Arizona, and half in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. So that's where I was. In, I was in Michigan at, working at a nursing home. Grand Rapids, the Tucson of Michigan, I say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> did, you go, a, did you go to school in Grand Rapids? Um, I, went, I was in high school in Grand Rapids, and then I went to University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I, you know, Ann Arbor had a legendary, like, punk scene when I was growing up. Yeah. And I, I never understood that, but I guess it was just like a college town situation. Um, it was where the MC five mm-hmm. like got together and it was, I don't know why it made it like that town made so much sense for the, all these things to happen, but it was like the white Panthers and oh, yeah, yeah. Iggy pop. Um, there was like a, a house that was kind of like the famous 
Stooges punk house or whatever. But I don't know if it was like all the rumors about every big building in Ann Arbor was that like some punk thing happened there. <laughs> I like that. I like the <laughs> well, cause like I'm, I'm, fr- I'm from Atlanta and Athens is very similar. Cause it's basically just like REM is from there mm-hmm. and it kind of all revolves around that in the same way. Like they actually, REM bought all of the historic buildings in downtown Athens. So the city couldn't change. Like, so people wouldn't fuck it up, which is pretty incredible. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They own like the, like I, a handful of like pretty important buildings and like venues. Um, I think as a band, actually, that's actually like, punk whoa. as hell. It's, it's punk as hell. It really, it really is. <laughs> Owning really. property is really punk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very people, Elon Musk kind of vibe. I like it. People, yeah. People really hate landlords right now. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm, I'm having a hard time like wrapping my head around it fully, you know, like people outing celebrities as landlords. I don't understand why that's so surprising. Yeah, of course they are. Like, what else do you think they're going to do with all this money? Well, and they know that the money's not going to keep coming forever. That's very true. That's very true. Real estate is a great investment, you guys. (laughs) I've heard that. Natasha and I live in New York where real estate investment requires a little more capital than you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's super cheap here in L.A. (laughs) <laughs> no, I know it's not. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry I made it sound like that you live in Sacramento. I didn't mean to. No, no, no shots. No shots. <laughs> no, it's fine. But I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild out here. Prices are wild. But I mean, I don't think they're going to forgive the rent. So I'm just going to keep paying it. I'm really curious. It's like, it's, wouldn't they have forgiven it already if they That's were going kinda, to? Yeah, and I also have I don't know why we we had a friend on this podcast who's like a, he he owns that brand Noah the clothing brand uh-huh. and uh, he was talking about he's like I paid rent because I can and that is like kind of what I felt like I should do basically because if if I don't pay rent when it when it's due it's going to fall on someone who's going to owe someone money is basically what what he was saying you know um, yes I mean I haven't paid rent for this month are you pushing it as long as you can. I'm kind of just like, I'm like of two minds about it. I don't have a strong feeling. What does, uh, what, what say your landlord about this? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. hasn't said anything. He's, I mean, Ooh. also I have no idea what he's doing. I'm really curious what he's doing. He's like a, he is the head of a giant Hasidic family that lives in Brooklyn, but has like a home upstate. So I'm sure they've fled, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> where where do you do you live in do you live in the city or do you live in Brooklyn? I live in the East Village. I moved in November for the first time to Manhattan. So welcome I'm, welcome to the neighborhood. I live on Fourth and A. Oh no way! I live on Second yeah. and B. Maybe I shouldn't say that on a podcast, but I'm really <laughs> close to you. Yeah, we're really. I live above Mass Books, like in that building. Oh my god, I love Mass Chris. Books. You're being a little too forthcoming with your exact home address here. <laughs> Bro, these these fucking haters can come for me, bro. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I no, I don't, no. I don't know. Chris, I'm more yeah. worried about your super fans than your haters. Oh yes, yes. The, Chris, yeah, uh, Chris has a lot of reply guys as of late, and he's been dealing with that. Um, Are they right, guys? Are I'm they writing guys or girls. Uh, no, of course they're fucking guys. They're fucking <laughs> budget versions of me and my friends. You, you don't <laughs> you don't have any reply girls, Chris? Fuck no. I mean, maybe a few, but that's not the. That's what I'm writing about. I'm writing about Reply Guys right now. So I'd love oh, really? to. Get, yes, because I think that it's there's been an influx of them since Corona because people are so logged on and so wound up. 
Yeah, definitely. I feel a responsibility to stay um, in touch with my reply guys. Because those are, you know, <laughs> those are the ones, you know, we, if we put out a t-shirt, those are the motherfuckers who are buying it, you know? No, I, no, I don't think, it's not even, it's more just though, I think the term started with guys that would do it to women. Yeah. And that was like where it comes from. And I think that it's just, it's really flown the coop. It's fucking spread out like a virus. No pun intended. <laughs> you're, you're trying to, um, I guess you're, you're taking back the reply guy <laughs> yes, exactly. back yeah. to the man. Exactly. Exactly. But I just don't, I mean, there's, I, I lay this out in the piece, but there's just distinctive types. And that's what I think is so interesting. There's such archetypes to, to, to different strands. Mm. And I, I like I, him, like indicas and sativas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very similar breakdown, but it's just like, nice. I, I, I don't, it's really hard to be online right now. It really is. So you're saying the reply guy is a type of person and it's not necessarily predicated on the fact that he replies and that he's a guy. Uh, I think that there are different types of reply guys. Like I think they can be broken down into different subgenres. What is, okay. what is so the they best? all do have to reply. They have to reply. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so Natasha, first rule reply of guy, reply guy, reply. <laughs> first rule of a reply guy, you have to reply. But, uh, yeah, so that's my, my theory is that I've, after being replied to enough, I've been able to identify the different types and can now break them out into categories and then identify their features. Mm. What is the um, most dangerous reply guy out there? I'm not going to give away the fuck. Give us a taste, Chris. Fucking sauce right now, Jason. I'm sure the Paris Review will be fine if you lay out, <laughs> lay out one of, one of the many genius of reply guys. Uh, First of all, fuck you. Um, <laughs> it's for sportsillustrated.com. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> Is it? No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I believed it. It's for GQ. It's for GQ.com, mm-hmm. which is Sports Illustrated in some ways right now. Sports Illustrated um, for close. Exactly. Uh, well, no, I think the most dangerous one is something that I define as the toe-to-toe reply guy who <laughs> want, who who thinks they're on your level in every way and then want to show that they're smarter than you or know more about the subject than you do. Mm, and they mm. think that you will be pleased by them. Kind no, of- no, no. They want to bait you into arguing with them so they can be right and prove that they're right, even mm. though you might, have a, you might have a blue check and more followers. <laughs> so they're probably just <laughs> doing that for attention, not for your, your adoration. Well, it's also like, why are you guys so serious? Like, I don't really care. Like, I don't care if you like blur more than Oasis. Like, you're just a loser. Like, I don't need to argue about that. That's just, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, the, the level of, the level of time and effort put into it is more from them than is from, from the original poster. Do you think you were ever a reply guy yourself at one time in your life? Unfortunately, Jason, I think maybe we all have been if you're online enough. Uh, yeah, I but, think so. but I don't know if I would, I don't know. I think reply guy truly comes down to replying to people you also, you don't know at all and don't know in real life mm-hmm. do you yeah. um, do you have a lot of reply guys me yeah i sorry. don't i i specifically don't i'm pretty sure you're pretty I feel, sure <laughs> i feel like talking to my friends like i'm like what am i missing like I, this is a, a phenomenon that has not really you're saying you're doing something wrong because you don't yeah. have more more i don't have any reply guys and uh, i don't have any 
None of my exes have contacted me during quarantine. Like all my friends say that their exes have. <laughs> Whoa, actually, we need to talk about this. That's it's, I'm like shocked. I'm definitely doing something wrong, right? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. Do you want to hear from your exes? Uh, I in didn't theory. until I was yeah, like <laughs> and I don't yeah, I don't. You you, but you I fear also, you may be missing out at least on just what am I doing wrong if if Chad has well, not hit me up. I just, yeah, I'm just a little, I have FOMO about that. <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want to see them spiraling mm. or, you know, going have, through have, something. Have you DM'd or texted any of your exes? No. Good I mean, you. it's, it could be on me. I'm quarantining with my boyfriend. So got, I'm not, got, like, it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> I was about to hit door swings both ways, sweetie. One. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thank you for that, that detail. That explains it a little better. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I think if I was alone, I would be hitting people up. But the fact that they don't know that I'm mm. not alone. <laughs> like, I'm getting a nice glimpse on? into into your mind. Truly, a look into the a look into the psyche right now. Really, what's going on in there? So, are you yeah. glad that you're quarantining with Bay, or or how how is it all going? It's going well. I really thought it would be, you know. A lot? Yeah. I I mean, I live in a studio apartment, and that's a lot, Mm, you know. That's tough. It's it's not like I moved into this place thinking that I would have a roommate. (laughs) Because we live separately normally. Oh, Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's one of those situations. But honestly, it's going really well. So... Are you able to work though? Is there a place for you to sequester yourself and concentrate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, cha cha yeah, matcha. We- yeah, cha cha matcha is closed. No. So you have nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I'm pretty good at just like focusing, even if stuff is going on around me. But both of us have sort of designated parts of the room as our own, <laughs> mm, accidentally. You have to draw lines in the sand during this difficult time. Uh huh. Do you have any you- tips that you can share with us for for staying focused and productive when you're in a studio with somebody else? Oh my god! Because I have I a problem with it. Are you in a studio? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, this, no, this motherfucker's in like a three bedroom house in Glendale. Don't feel of bad. Of course. Well, you know, um, L.A. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, even 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 then. It's still, you know, no it's matter no matter the square footage, I, I I have a little trouble with with staying focused and working when also wanting to make sure that the uh, you know the, the thoughts and feelings and cares of your partner are being taken care of as well. It's really difficult. There are things that I did not expect or could not have predicted. <laughs> it's like I mean, everybody feels that way. I guess. Yeah, of I just, course. I don't know. I think you just have to get lucky and be proud of yourself for choosing a partner that is cool enough and you're able to enjoy living with in a in a small space. Yeah. Kudos and to I'm you. I'm really lucky in that way. And I think, I, I, I don't know. I know so many people who are like casually dating who considered quarantining with somebody that wasn't there 
right. soulmate. Like you got, you know? you're, you're like, <laughs> you're a month and a half in and you're like, are we doing this? Are we moving in together right now? Yeah. But I haven't heard any really good stories from it. Honestly, I want to hear like a great, um, like mistake, like <laughs> quarantine yeah, story. When you say, when you say a good story, I'm assuming that means something bad happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, see, the the problem is, I don't think those stories are to come out until post quarantine. I think people, so too. Yeah, they can't release it while under under lock and key because then it would cause a rift. Yeah. Right. I know that's the problem with these like Zoom hangouts too. Because I I used to have like a ladies' night with my with a few of my friends, like probably like once a month, and we'd go get margaritas and like talk about our boyfriends. And now. Mm. Our boyfriends are in the room. You know, it's like... It's, it's really difficult. Like, and we're I, like, it's going so well. I can't <laughs> believe how well it's going. You know? And it's like, I'm like, you guys. One of them just started dating somebody like right before this thing. I'm like, come on. I can't the, wait for this to end so I can really hear how it went. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people. I've, I think... I've, I don't remember who it was, but I feel like somebody was tweeting about doing uh, therapy in their car. Because it's the only way they could get privacy. Oh my god, I do it on my fire escape. I I just haven't done it, which might not be good for my mental health. But I just didn't know what to do. Wasn't it? Fire- I think it was Raven Smith who said that every week he has his his boyfriend goes and like sits in the car or goes for a drive for two hours so he can have alone <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, he says he. Yeah, he does it. Like I think the car has to be moved, so he, he's like stay gone for a little while longer so I can have some alone time. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, a, it's I, a hard thing to ask, but I think it's kind of necessary to ask or to be like, is. hey, you, you have to synchronize all of the boyfriends of everyone in your in your girl group to all go for like a walk at the same time. So you guys can have margs and talk about how you hate your boyfriends. Right. <laughs> it's important how they don't be cleaning the bathroom and stuff. You know, it's true. They don't. They don't I, I really, really miss shit talking. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, you know, and nothing's better. It's necessary. We have to let it out somehow. I miss that too. And it is kind of a in-person thing. Usually it doesn't hit the same over a fucking delayed zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone is blessed with Chris Black's reassuring cackle laugh that, that gives (laughs) me that dopamine hit, you know? I know. I'm sorry. You can't, I'm sorry. I can't package it and sell it. Um, if only is the, (laughs) are you cooking? Yeah, of Did course. You, were you doing that before? Not so much, no. <laughs> I I really like restaurants. I also think that I am a really good cook, but I've never, like, talked about it, you know? Well, well this is pretty sick. So you've never cooked before, but you're saying you're really good at it. No, I have. I mean, I used to live alone back when I was, like, in grad school. And, like, I definitely, like, became a good cook before all this i hope you're ready to start bragging on your cooking right now because it's happening well i just i usually just follow recipes i'm not like an inventive cook i'm just saying like i'm Mm -hmm. i can make something really well but i don't like to do it really (laughs) (laughs) like yeah easy fine it's like everyone can do this you know you would think that everyone can do it but a lot of people are really bad at it I don't even, I don't attempt. I hate it. I have no interest. I never have. I mean, it's bad. Like I don't have a pot or a pan, which is like a known thing. 
Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you use your oven to store shoes like Carrie Bradshaw? Uh, T-shirts, but yes. And thank, you, <laughs> thank you for saying that I'm the Carrie Bradshaw of my group. Uh, yeah. His oven really is important. full of vintage Lemonheads T-shirts. <laughs> it's, right. Look, what's more important? I don't need to eat. That's like, you know, I, I just don't. I, I'm afraid that if I got into it, it would be a rabbit hole because I'd want to be good at it. So I'd want to buy a bunch of stuff. I'd want to buy all the, all the gear. Cause Jason, he's being modest, is an incredible cook, like, like restaurant level. So he's got all the, he's got all the tools and all the fun shit and he's been doing it for years. So he's good at it. But I just don't, the time commitment seems insane to get that good. Yeah. I don't want that either. I don't want all the stuff. But that's maybe because I live in such a small apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm not going to fit a Nancy Myers kitchen in my apartment either. But in theory, there's a lot of toys to buy, which is attractive to any like new hobby to me. Yeah. That like that attracts me to things. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed that a lot about people. People like cycling in my neighborhood. There's a lot of like fat dudes who have like ten thousand dollar bikes and spandex kits and all that stuff, and they. You can tell they're just doing it because they want to buy like shiny stuff, and I think that sort yeah. of applies to the to the kitchen world as well. It 100 percent does, but I miss restaurants. I'm, I the gym in the re, in a restaurant. I'm really salivating for. Oh, I don't miss the gym. Are you working out at home? Or are you doing some yoga at home? No, nothing. <laughs> That's cool. Damn. How does your body? How does your body feel? Um, it's the same, but I'm. I don't know. I didn't work out that much before. I just, I'm, I'm like, I like the excuse to not work out at all now. Do you walk? I walk, but only when somebody else will walk with me. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just bored. Have you I checked mean, out? I'll, you should listen to a podcast. That's Are true. You, I do listen to podcasts walking sometimes, but usually that's like when I have to go somewhere mm-hmm. to the grocery store or something. But yeah, I, I like, I don't like exercising and I've actually lost weight, I think. Damn. Now we're talking about goals. <sighs> you um, I don't know how. I think it's because my boyfriend is vegan and so mm. we've just been eating vegan. Homemade, homemade cooking is a known weight loss That's because, true. Of, because of the, you know, the different ingredients that are going into it. Yeah. So, so you're a vegan person now for the most Accidentally, part. Accidentally. Yeah. You're, but you're a ve- I don't vegan sympathizer. It. <laughs> sympathizer mm-hmm. were you ever vegan in like college or high school or anything no unfortunately I, my I parents was, were so. hippies and they mostly ate vegetarian so i wasn't like a big meat person ever did you that ever have a, a hippie phase yourself or were you rebellious against that definitely not i didn't have that at all yeah i Good didn't even you. like smoke weed really i was not into it and your parents were chiefing in in the crib <laughs> yeah <laughs> such a strange thing to like because i knew you know of all the friends i had i definitely had like you know one out of 20 of my friends parents like would smoke weed openly and it was just such a crazy concept to me it doesn't make you want well i don't know it depends on um, the yeah family, i'm assuming it, it turns you off want to do it yeah. yeah it definitely turns you off yeah it's like it's not cool if your parents are doing it right but they look Damn, they I- must look like they're having fun now Playing on those bongos? Yeah, they did that. <laughs> did they wear did they wear funny clothes and shit, or were they pretty normal? But just when they got home, they were chiefing and playing bongos. Um, 
I guess they, were, they dressed pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have dreadlocks or anything. Okay, cool. They weren't. They didn't have. They weren't wearing like weird tu- tunics or anything. No. Did they really. play? Did, were they listening to Fish and like the Grateful Dead and stuff? No. What were Just they into? Like, like, um, like Laurel Canyon folks. Oh, the cool mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. That's true. That's cool. I know. I wish my parents aren't cool at all, and I just wonder what would have happened if I had cool parents. You would probably still be living uh, in Georgia. That's true. Yeah. Is like hippie parents are cool? That's not cool. Well, it's cooler than like religious accountant and nurse. (laughs) Mm, True. You know what I'm saying? I I mean, I love my parents. They're amazing. There's one thing that makes hippie parents very uncool, and that is having no money. That's, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's where it's bad. If you have and kind of if you have having hip- no excuse either, like <laughs> like I have to explain for a long time why I've never had money. I think oh. because I'm like white. You know, it's like I it make like actually my parents both came from like the New York area and like are white and should have had money. <laughs> they just made some wrong turns down that road. <laughs> they just never, ever had it as adults, you know, well, are like you... anti-capitalism I, and anti belongings. Maybe were, yeah. they weren't, they weren't hoarders then. No. Okay. That's all. good. Well, do you feel like as you've gotten older, you are starting to take on some of those personality traits that you didn't realize when you were younger? I definitely still don't have money and should. <laughs> um, and I don't have a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I guess we're similar in those ways. Do they think it's cool that you're doing this or do they like, are they like get a job? No, my, I mean, I think, well, my mom died when I was a teenager. So um, she doesn't think anything, but my dad is really like, <laughs> cool about whatever i do yeah if you tell your hippie dad hey i wrote a book and i got published he's going to be like far out that's amazing <laughs> far out yeah he does say far out <laughs> uh, honestly that's your, cool. dad sounds, your dad sounds my, pretty cool Where did my dad live? says far out a lot actually huh. i should start saying that that would be very cool if you took that on because yeah. you never it wouldn't be put on because you'd be like oh my dad said it growing up i just i took i took to it Right. Well, yeah. have have you thought about ways of of making more money quickly now? Like uh like, you know, Patreon podcast, OnlyFans, things like that? Oh, I've I mean, I've thought about them like I understand what they are mm-hmm. and I'm interested <laughs> in the concept. Mm-hmm. I definitely have an aversion to that, but I don't know what that aversion comes from. Mm-hmm. I have like a very kind of conservative way of thinking about my own finances maybe mm-hmm. like, like you're you don't want to get rich like that's not a i don't want to yeah i actually don't want to get rich but i wouldn't mind it probably i just it's like this i don't know i kind of i like the validation of like book publishing more than i like the validation of like a lot of money and a lot of fans does that that's- make sense you yeah, like, you like honest, honest days pay for an honest day's work. I mean, sure. I don't know if that's mm. what I have right now because mm. <laughs> I'm like a consultant and I work freelance sure. and like what if, my own hours. But yeah. it's like the idea of banking on some 
like uh, like the gig economy. Mm-hmm. It just sounds very like flash in the pan to me. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but so you don't other- have Bitcoin, is what you're saying. No, <laughs> you didn't do a heavy Bitcoin investment. I'm surprised, but okay. Uh, I think I'm just afraid of it. I'm like very afraid for for the people who don't who have like tried a million other ways to become famous, and then like this is the way that they did become famous, mm-hmm. but they don't have any backup plan. And I'm like, it like this is kind of solidifying that you won't be famous in another way later on. You know. Ooh. Damn, that hits, not, below the, that hits below the belt. I'm hole. sorry. This is, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not talking about you guys, but. <laughs> no, no, I that was, you know, that's, you that, that's something that I had never considered. Me neither. And it, it, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense while also being, you know, kind of depressing. But I'm probably wrong. Like, so it's, people have such amnesia now about that's everything true. that celebrities do or that writers do or whatever you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So. You can probably erase your past very easily by just layering yeah. on some other thing. I do think that if you just keep plowing, it will be fine to some yeah. extent, depending yeah. on the offense. You know what I mean? But I think for, for a lot sure. of things, if you just keep your head down and keep plowing, I think that the – I mean, for better or worse, like the news cycle is such a breakneck pace that it's impossible for people to digest it all. Yeah. And if people deep down really like you, they want to forgive you. Right. And they want you to put out more content no matter what it is. We love content as a society. Yes. We love the content. And plowing. Um, and plowing, yes. Also <laughs> plowing, yes. Did Has Hollywood approached you about doing something? No, I wish. I'm actually surprised. Like a movie version of my novel? Or, yeah, or like or, screenwriting. Or, we're talking about maybe, a, maybe a Hulu series. Yeah, maybe a yeah. straight, maybe a straight, yeah, HBO Max, 10 part, 10 <laughs> episodes, straight, straight to television. No, I mean, yeah. it seems like you could screenwrite, they could adopt, adapt, they could adapt even one of the essay, you know, they could, they just, they, I mean, you know, writing uh, or, or a full movie coming out of like a Vanity Fair article is very common these days. True. The bling ring. Yeah, maybe the, the high, fi- high maintenance guy will will get a set up a meeting for you somewhere. I could see something like that happening. For I you. hope so. Uh, maybe if I had an agent, these things would. Happen. I didn't. I didn't want to say anything to talk to, <laughs> but that that would make a little bit of a difference. I mean, I just think that if you, I think that um, you know, right now is the time, and, and not to sound crass, but to monetize. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in in a, in a way that's cool and creative for you, and something you feel comfortable with. But I do think that like. When you're getting all the press and everything so well received and everybody's talking about it, you, you, you know, it's the time to move if you want to move. I like that this I, podcast is going in a shark tank type of direction right now. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate it. I just think it's, it's – I mean when something captures people and people are talking, it means something. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that obviously goes beyond monetary, but I do think that the person responsible for it should be compensated. You know what I mean? For right. in, in a in a real way for being able to create something that has captured the zeitgeist. I think that should be rewarded with money, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah, I know. I kind of have that feeling too, but it's funny that I'm not more upset about it because I d- I definitely, you know, it's like I published two books that I have been told are very popular, but you wouldn't <laughs> know it. You know, <laughs> like looking at the numbers. According well, to your problem. Instagram um, DMs, people do enjoy the book. 
Yeah, exactly. But you are not a millionaire from that. Yes. But when when it came when it when it initially when the most recent book came out and it was it was everywhere like you were unavoidable for a little while. Um, did you feel like a did you feel something happening or was it was it exciting or did you did did you think more would happen or has it been about what you what you expected? Um. Do you mean the first time around I, I was expecting, what was I expecting from publishing yeah. a novel? Yeah. It went beyond Walk, walk us through the high. I was, yeah. I was definitely like expecting yourself? the worst, <laughs> hmm. maybe. Or I was expecting either kind of, uh, you know, like not as much uh, attention or even some negative attention. But I don't know why. I think I'm just very skeptical of people and the way they read things because so much of our culture right now is like hot takes. So mm-hmm. I just, and, and also like, I think negative re- reviews are more fun to read. So I end up reading them more. That's the truth. They sure so are. Maybe you I, reviews? Up, I, well, I read other people's book. You don't read your own though, right? No, I do. Of course. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, and, all, make- and also the negative reviews are, you know, that's kind of like, Chris's worst reply guy, like those are people who are using a negative review as a way to like pierce through the armor and really affect you personally as a person. Yeah. Right. And I, well, I haven't gotten any so far, so I'm really happy about that. Flex, big flex. Big flex, <laughs> big flex. But I do think that that's true. I mean, I think that like um, negative reviews are more fun to read and to write no matter what the genre is. Um, uh, you know, but I, that, that doesn't bode well for the creative people that are making the stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a really crazy thing to want to do, like write a book and publish it and then expect people to not like attack it or even to pay attention to it at all. Like well, I think I knowing think, these things about our culture, mm-hmm. you know, I think they would almost want to attack you more than the actual book. Does that make True. sense? Yes, absolutely. Especially yeah. Like, I think I have a lot of strikes against me as a a cultural commentator. You know, it's like I I kind of don't ever take a solid stance on anything I'm talking about. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, buy my book. It's basically kind of like wishy-washy takes, but they're really yeah. fun to read. They're great. They're excellent to read. That's what it is. I mean, I know that about it. But I also, like, didn't – I wasn't trying to sell it the second book or I guess – either one could fall into this conversation but i i wasn't trying to have a take you know mm, like but it was do you do you withhold the like especially with sleeveless are those are you trying to purposely hold some of that back and just and just r- talk about it in the way that you want to talk about it or or is this how you actually feel as far as like i i'm not making a giant stance either way i think it's just really hard for me to come to a conclusion about anything because I'm so my mind changes about things constantly. Mm -hmm. And if I know that about myself, you know, like why would I put it down in writing? Yeah. It's like, don't get it. Don't get a tattoo because I can never be sure if I'll like it or not. I've never gotten a tattoo and I'm sure that's like writing books is a great career path for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You found, you really found your niche. (laughs) Yeah. Find one of the hardest things in the world to do and then mix that with your troubled personality uh-huh. you've got a witch's brew but if you're able to pull it off then that's really you know it's twice as hard that's twice as impressive I don't, yeah well i, well, I mean some, pe- 
I mean, you could look at it, you know, like if, if I think not making a, a definitive, you know, stance and just exploring things deeply is, is almost like it's so rare nowadays that, it, that that's maybe part of the appeal. Well, that's what I always like to read myself also. Defin- definitive stances? No, the opposite. No. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's That's- it's important to show both sides and weigh both options and have an open mind about all of that. But also, it's My- it's great to write a definitive thing on something, a hard stance on something, and then beautiful to see somebody change their mind about it and write a whole new thing about it as well. Yeah, you have twice true. the opportunity to create content. Mm-hmm. I I just find that when something gets to the like a a true fervor pitch, when something becomes so popular that it's unavoidable, I cannot help myself but form a definitive opinion. Really, like I, I I can't. I, I it's it's beyond my control. Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm like I better stay away from that one. Well, you're, we can, we can try a few. Off. We can try a few out on you. What do you think about okay. Hamilton? <laughs> I've never seen it. Just See, no that, one, that response. We, yeah, we've never seen it either, but we have. We can openly hate on it a lot. <laughs> can you? I feel like I would need to see it first. That's it. Look now. No, Natal, that's, that's your smart, first mistake. Huge okay. mistake. That's a okay. smart way to look at it, but you're wrong. <laughs> that's your stance on that. Uh, yes, that's my stance. What do we have next, TJ? Um, Netflix. I mean, sorry, FX's Dave. I've never even heard of that. Good for you. Uh, yeah, better. What, okay, how about the new Fiona Apple album? Um, okay, so I do, I'm like a huge Fiona Apple fan. And I've only listened to it once all the way through. And I wish it was better, to be honest. My Thank thoughts you. exactly. Yeah, same. Because I love everything she's ever done. And this is like, you know, something that I've been waiting for. And I was like, um... Yeah, no. But not you, know, as you much almost as, know that it's not going to hit the way you want it to at this point. I guess, but I really liked her last album. I did too. I did too. I, I just think that um, I saw a lot of people being like, just let us have this right now. And when I, <laughs> when I, right. when I saw that, I was like, guys, you're not thinking clearly. If you're, you, you can't, <laughs> if you're, if you're saying that, like you're, you, you have no leg to stand on with this whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that she is so compelling and like the press was so, you know, good and interesting and she was pretty forthcoming um, that I think that it was just kind of like a perfect storm. Right. It was a good New Yorker profile. Yeah, it was fun to read. I, I yeah. That's the thing. I, that's what I was – that's what was even maybe more disappointing is that like that New Yorker profile was great. And there's a couple other things that were good too. Um, and then the music just didn't deliver the way I thought it was going to. Right. But you're a big film head, right? I do like movies. I what? feel like I noticed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just see you on your stories. You post a lot. It's it's good for me. I feel like I'm getting educated. Oh, I'm just watching a lot right now. Do I know, but I'm I'm, I'm serious. Like it's educational. Like a lot of really, stuff I, haven't, I haven't seen or None I haven't of heard these, of. Yeah, I, it's funny because a lot of that's where I am getting replies where people are like, "Oh, do you recommend this movie?" Or are you just like saying that you watched it? And I'm like, I just watched it. I love that. <laughs> That's so sick. I cannot confirm or deny. I just watched the movie. I can't. I can't say if it's I'm good like, or bad. I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't know if you would like it or not. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, That's I mean, because I, I just post food pics on my stories. So 
<clears throat> I guess people assume that I like the food that I'm eating, but maybe I should start <laughs> being like, like, damn. Like I made this food, but it wasn't great. Yo, this wasn't actually good. good. Can, let yeah. me, can I get a bite of that lasagna? And I'll be like, honestly, I don't know if you like it. I don't know if you're a lasagna <laughs> person. Do you, um, do you remember the last movie that you saw in the theaters? Oh, that's a good question. I was thinking about that earlier, and mine is very bad. Oh, I th- well, I think it was, when did Uncut Gems come out? That was that makes sense if you're not a big big movie goer. That's also something that you can have a definitive stance on. What that I went to see Uncut Gems? No, your your thoughts on the film. Oh, uh, I loved it. Oh. You know what I thought about it? Hmm. I liked it, but I think it made me like the first one more. Which is the first one? I'm sorry, not the first one, but the the, the previous one, the Robert Pattinson one. Good good time. Good time. Oh, I liked Uncut Gems more. Thank you. Wow. I'm glad that, that a, a, a New York film could finally get a definitive answer. <laughs> so the, so well, that was the last movie that you saw in the theaters? Maybe not. What, I don't It makes sense. That at timelines, but... Chris, do you remember yours? I don't know, dude. I hadn't been in a while. It might have been Parasite. Over the holidays. Mine was Sonic, oh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, <laughs> bro, cool. what the fuck, dude? I don't know, man. Yeah, of course. It was actually better than you think it's going to be. If you run out of stuff to watch, you know, give it a shot. I would watch that for sure. It's not bad. Where where are you watching this stuff? Do you have to the stuff because some of the stuff you're posting is relatively obscure. Are you finding it on like torrent sites, or you is it like Criterion? Um, I it was like a friend of a friend's, you know, drive that they just like gave me before quarantine. Oh, that's pretty amazing. So yeah, Torrance, it's really great. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> that's very cool. So okay, great. So you're stealing content. Good to know. Um, I'd be touring. Uh huh. I that's actually pretty cool though, because I feel like then there's it, it's there's a there's a finite number, but at least it's like somewhat but it's like a, curated it, for you. Well, yeah, there's a finite number, but also it's like thousands, if not tens mm. of thousands. Like it's a lot of movies. To wow. choose from. You got a so fat ass you, drive. Yeah, it's a, it's, uh-huh. a, it's a big old lacy. Do you <laughs> do you how do you select every night? Do you just go through the are you going alphabetical? Or are you going just, I'm just close like your eyes? Working through it, yeah. I mean, well, my boyfriend knows a lot about movies. So oh, okay. he will say, like, oh, that director, we should try it and whatever. Do um, you do you try to watch them all the way through? Or do you shut shit off if it's trash? I try to get through all of it. I won't post something unless I watch the whole movie. I always, I try to go through, and my my girlfriend likes to abandon ship if if it's not working out so well. But sometimes yeah. she'll do it in like in like the third third act, second third act. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. That's tough. Yeah, that's that's too much. I don't. I haven't. I've Age. I've tried to watch some some like higher quality content during this this lockdown but i've been only feeding myself disgusting candy and i feel like your your story is encourages me because i see something i like and then I, maybe i write it down but i haven't really ventured into actually watching it yet i mm. wonder if i should put together more of like a guide because i think a lot of it is it's taken me like several tries to get all the way through and then i'm proud of myself for watching like a criterion collection thing but a lot of it 
I wouldn't necessarily recommend. I think the world could use that. Yeah, I think it'd be very. <laughs> yeah, I, I if think you put that, a guide together, like Dazed will repost. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, also, I'm like punctuating all of this with the reality shows that I watch. I was hoping so because I, I mean, that's all I can talk about. So please walk me through your top picks. Mm, okay. Well, I'm only watching shows. I'm not like going back. Um, and binging anything right now, but maybe I will when all my shows end. But right now, luckily, I have Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. The best now, one, in my opinion. Beverly Hills? Yes. Oh, this season's really good so far. I like They're getting York. lit. They're crazy out there. Yeah. New York is really good this season, too, though. I've watched, have you been watching it? I've been watching some of it, and I don't know why, but it just seems more fitting in Los Angeles. Like the, the whole thing seems better there. Our, oh, really? our, our housewives are more real than yours. Sure. And, and Mauricio is so hot, you know, Mauricio is hot. I think the New York ones are more um, like gray gardens, like wacky. That's true. Actually. You're and right. That's what I like about them. That's true. Um, I also watch 90 day fiance. You know, that I, I means I can into that. Oh, it's insane. It's very depressing and dark. But there's so many seasons that happen all at the same time sometimes. Like, you can just always be watching this show. It's insane. It's like the news. Yeah. (laughs) That's good business. That's smart for TLC. Yeah, and they they figured out how to do it. Like, they just call each season a different thing. Where they're like, Mm. 90 Day Fiancés before the 90 Days or like... What happens now? Ninety Happily days after, after dark. Mark. They, yeah. give, they give it a they give it a bonus title to differentiate. Uh huh. Yeah. So I'm watching like two of those. And does your boyfriend like doing this stuff as well? He likes Ninety Day Fiance, but sometimes he'll get bored and walk away. He can't watch The Housewives. <laughs> I get that. That's a special. I mean, I just feel like I was raised on reality television because of just. Like the real world is very formative to me, so I think oh. that I, I think that I really feel connected to reality television. I don't actually have that background, but I like it a lot now. I mean, it's also like I think it's just it, it really allows you to shut the mind off, you know. Speak, yeah. Uh, speaking I, of what, how is your drug use going? My drug use? Mm-hmm. I haven't done any drugs. Really? No, not even a cheeky little Xan? Oh, wait, I did take Xanax once. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That, it's crazy that you, like, guessed the only drug that I've done. Well, that's our favorite drug of choice um, on this pod, or one of them, at least. So I guess I got lucky. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I don't usually do a lot of drugs, I guess, because I don't smoke weed. And I've started to hate cocaine. Um, really? Oh, I mean, it's it's a bad quarantine drug. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be bad now, but <laughs> just in general, I'm not like that into it anymore. Everyone grows think, out of cocaine. I think that happens because it's just not really sustainable. It's not. It gives me the worst hangovers. Out oh, of yeah, for sure. But in the mid-2000s, boy, was it something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Everybody should do it. <laughs> for a time 
I couldn't agree more. That's actually a big, a big uh, thing that we try to push on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, What kind of Coke user were you? Were you a, a SIG I've smoker? Been... Were you talking about a restaurant or band idea? Did you fight people? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like while I was on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, like, yeah, like had my best ideas. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's my favorite kind of person. That's my favorite kind. <laughs> really? Yeah. I really can't stand the cocaine users that just get super emotional about friendships. That's that that is that, that's any drug any person that does that on drugs is the worst. I'd rather really be a fighter. And so many of them do. Like a lot of people that's the first thing that happens to them when they're on any type of drug including alcohol and it actually makes everything worse. Like what way worse? It bums me out so much. It, but babe, I love you. You're the yeah, best. Like you're you my guys, best friend. Right. Like you guys don't realize how important you are to me. What do you think is, <laughs> what is what makes somebody become that, do you think? Like is it insecurity I or I mean, who knows? Yeah. But it's a very I common thread. Drugs just sort of exacerbate certain qualities about you that you try to keep hidden. Mm, ain't that the truth? Otherwise, but see, or, when I when I did coke all the time, I I would get when I was as fucked up as I could possibly be, I would actually stop talking. And I'm a very big talker. That was oh, what I would that do. happens to me too. So that's like when when people take Ritalin and it actually makes them chill. Same yeah. same vibe for you and Coke. Well, well, I would still feel good, like I'm on Coke. You know what I mean? But I just wouldn't feel compelled to blabber the way most people do. Yeah. Well, it depends on how much you do, I guess. If I do like well, a lot, then I don't talk at all. Yeah, maybe I was doing a lot a lot of the time. Now that you th- now that you mention it, <laughs> it's making a little more sense. Mm. <laughs> Have you guys been doing any extra curricular activities? I I'm sober actually. Um, so. I've heard a lot of people are going sober for quarantine and not expecting to keep that up afterwards. Which unfortunately, I find my, unfortunately, mine predates quarantine. So. Yeah, no, I know, but I mean, I assumed. But so I, you've heard a lot of people who are are choosing to go sober during the quarantine, but yeah, but are and I thought already, that was strange. That is strange. I feel like this is the time to like not really care about anything. Yeah. I, I think that drinking during the quarantine is is not a great idea because you're already kind of living a sedentary life. You don't need more calories, and there's no real like. I don't. I, I want to get. I want to drink margs and and hang out and smoke cigs and talk with my friends and have a funny night and then eat eat some chips at two in the morning. But I don't want to like get drunk and then watch more Netflix on my couch. Right. There's like well, no real no real purpose for that. Well, you can do the social thing here. Is the thing. I mean, we're not supposed to, but everybody's doing it, especially yeah, right. in the village. I wanted to ask you about that. Are there underground clubs happening that I'm not oh. privy to? No, no, no. But I mean, you've seen like in our neighborhoods, like the, the. I've been displaced. I'm in, I've been in Montreal. I'm in Montreal, but I've seen the, I've seen the people getting together. Well, yeah. Like if you go to Tompkins on a weekend, it's just as full as it ever was. Actually, it seems more full because you're not allowed on the grass now and the dog parks are closed. So there's just dogs and people in like the sidewalk areas Mm. and it's too, it's too crowded. That's fun. gross. And I then, mean, I I still go because <laughs> now there's all these like sidewalk 
bars now. So you can yeah, just they're get like to go offering drink. To go. And I really like that. I like getting a drink to go and walking around. It, it I mean, feels very European. Yeah. Yeah. If what if New York was really like that? Think how many fights there would be. It'd be really crazy. Well, it seems like it's going to be like that for a while. Yeah, true. true. It is but, kind of fun. I mean, I think I that's how it, it used to be. That's how it is here in LA as well. Like if you drive past a like a Acapulco Mexican restaurant, it's fully closed, but then you can like drive up and buy a margarita and you know, drive home with it. Which seems very yeah. wrong. That yeah. seems wrong because why wouldn't you just make a margarita at home? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, because you have to take your Tesla out to make sure the battery's still charged. You know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. You gotta, yeah, it's not just it's it's not just for the drink. It's a double meaning. Yeah, but my my I would say the marijuana use has increased, and I think that's probably good. And also mushrooms has sort of increased. Oh. Just, just to sort of break up the the monotony of every day, you know. That sounds nice. I know a lot of people were having trouble being sober because it's like so depressing and there's nothing to do. So it's like. Yeah. It's kind of a way to break up the day for me. Like I, I have a time when I decide that I can start drinking. Smart. What time is that? Like seven or eight. That's good. I mean, I'm going to bed at like closer to eight. I oh, really? Like, I mean, I wake up, I just wake up really early now. Like I, I wake up at six probably and then start going, probably go to bed around 10 actually. I think if I didn't still have a job, because I'm still working, mm. I would not handle this as well. But I wake up at 9 and then work for about 8 hours. And then I Damn. make dinner and have a drink and then watch a movie. And so, it's yeah, like, so, so that's like a very normal life. Normal-ish. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty normal except for the just once in a while, like, little breakdowns of mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i wish i could do something different yeah it's totally and i don't same, even know what it the, is except for the world's burning but otherwise yeah. it's totally normal yeah, well, it's, yeah it's frustrating because you can think all day long like what is that thing that will you know make scratch that itch and there isn't there just really isn't anything because yeah. even if you do that thing you you'll like be feel guilty for it because it's probably breaking some law i know well yeah. Do you have a chic mask? No, I just have the regular surgical masks. Do you mm, think that I'm, COVID is a government creation and it doesn't exist? I'm getting <laughs> closer to those types of phones. <laughs> uh, so are you using a 5G phone right now or are you kind of like against 5G? What's I your stance? I think I have a 5G phone. How do you tell? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm not, I don't oh, believe you'll, in You'll that. know, sweetie. You'll know. You'll know, trust me. <laughs> yeah. you, when you take that tinfoil hat off, you'll know. Yeah. Yeah, I think every single I, – I think in the last month, like, or I guess in, in all of May, all 10 days of it, every day exponentially it seems like people are really giving a fuck less and less. I, I think by the end of the month it's going to be a very different world that we're living in. Giving a fuck about, like – protecting uh, obeying yeah. the rules okay, yeah i think people are just completely getting unhinged i think it's like how much more no one can take anymore and the answers don't seem to be concrete or real enough you know right so it's, i think well and it's like this very particular uh thing where the the things that we're doing in order to protect ourselves and each other are things that we were already doing before 
And now it's just sped up that we're like going in this like future direction of like everybody lives in a pod and they don't work Mm -hmm. and all (laughs) products are delivered and robots, you know, roam the streets. You know what this is? This fucking Bezos is what the fuck it is. This is all. I I think Bezos launches into the world, Jason. It's a little too coincidental. Did Bezos do 9-11? Do we know for sure? <laughs> he had a are hand. Are we sure he didn't do it? Uh, he, had a, he had him and Bush are you, uh, do you when the, when the vaccination comes around and you have the choice, will you refuse it? <laughs> um, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I'm def- I'll definitely get vaccinated. Give me the fucking shot. Chris loves to get vaccinated. Oh, uh, he I won't even that. He won't even read the terms in, of agreement. No, definitely not. Shoot me up, man. I'm, I'm, I just don't want to ever hear about this shit again. So whatever I can do to, to get it out of my life, I'm down. Even if a Bill Gates microchip is in your body, you won't care? Bro, look, all this shit, like, <laughs> take all my information. I don't give a fuck. Like, what do you want from me? Like, you right. can track me. You can track me all you want. You Chris know keeps his nose clean. He doesn't, he doesn't look at weird porn. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't break the law. You can find me in my apartment. At Equinox or at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. If you want to find me, you you know where to find me. Come see, come like see me. Come see me. It's not that hard. Like I don't know why people are so paranoid. Because I think I'm paranoid not- because it, the the thought process is like, yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong until everyone is being surveilled, and then it's like, what it, what counts as wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, like it starts. The to rules change. change. Yeah, and yeah, right the- now the rules have changed. Like we're not allowed to be six feet. Uh, within six feet of each other and nobody expected that to be one of the rules that's right. true and it could You're change right. into like another rule that is totally unexpected later on mm. damn i don't even you're you're putting me in a bad mood i'm sorry no, i'm just this kidding is, <laughs> this is the what this is what i've been thinking of about damn. well it's, well it's like i've been thinking about just how much a civilization can take maybe and it's like surprisingly a lot yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. been cool to see, but you know there has to be an end point to it, and I feel like it's coming pretty soon. What do you think it's going to look like? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of. I I think I mean I hope that the worst doesn't happen, where there's just like looting and and violence, and people just start you know living only for themselves and hoarding food and and ammunition and just hoping that people don't rob you and stuff like that. Right. Just I to think, feed their I families that, and stuff. I well, most gonna, movies have predicted that that is the outcome. I know. I know. <laughs> well, because have that's the most... Have you ever watched most, movies before? <laughs> yeah, you know. Hopefully that never... That obviously never happens because I don't have a gun and I'm not great at fighting. Yeah, same. <sighs> Uh, well, speak for yourselves, guys. I have two fucking AKs, and I'm really good with my hands. So <laughs> I'm going to be fine, and I'll have all the milk and uh, other non-perishables. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think you know, maybe we'll move into some type of bartering system. No, Jason, no, we won't. We're, it's not going to go that far. Well, you're just saying that because you have nothing to barter. What are you talking about? What are you going to do? You're going to – you can't barter, like, how to – like what a shoe company should do with their Instagram page. That's going to be gone. <laughs> the people who are like, I can make you shoes. And then they're going to be like, yes, great. I need shoes. Yeah. 
Damn. Or you know, really? over here making this focaccias, you know that that can get me pretty far. Yeah. That can a focaccia can go pretty far. Yeah, like people who are going to rule the world are like, oh, I can like give you Wi-Fi or like I can fix your iPhone. Those those were like the lowly jobs before, and then in the future that will be that will be very sought after work. Shit, you got you guys are you guys are you're fucked, me Chris. I'm fucked. I have no skills. I'm barely, I can, I mean, I can't do anything. I know. Me neither. Well, luckily we have the one skill that the world will always need. Podcasting. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. And on that note, wow. (laughs) Natasha, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is fun. No, you were great. And, um, and I love your podcast. I've been listening to it. It's great. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll we'll put that blurb on our digital dust jacket. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Um, what what where can people find you on the internet? Um, uh, like I'm on my Instagram or my Twitter or yeah. We need you to tell what us mean? what what that is. We though. want you to do some plugs. Um, we're pl- you're plugging now. My name, my name <laughs> okay. spelled out Natasha Stag. Okay, and your books are available wherever books are sold. True. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so cop everybody a book. go 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 cop a book. I've been I've been using bookshop.org to support local bookstores, which I okay. find really really helpful. It's it's really yeah. a cool service. Are you available yeah, on audio? Uh no. Mm, something to consider as a revenue stream I, for uh, Q Q3, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Q3. Thank you. I have you, a feeling Tasha. you're not going to do it. No, me neither. You're definitely not doing it. She's, she's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Oh, maybe. We'll just have hire somebody else to read it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm available. I'm available to talk to my agent. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming, and we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.